Brock and Saul. Brock Heward and Mark, Matt, Marcus. Sorry about just Mike. Getting, Mike. On Seattle Sports. Powered through the Alaska Airlines studio. Heward, not exactly Joe Cap there in the pocket. Now here are your hosts, Brock Heward and Mike Saul. Well, when we uh, knew we were coming down to the desert, Brock, we knew there was one big reason, one thing we wanted to do here more than anything else, and that is sit down with the guy joining us right now across the table, Julio Rodriguez. Good morning, Julio. Hey, how are you? Good morning, guys. Really good. Really good. God, Thank you for having me it here. It is so good to see you, Siri. Seriously, how, uh, how was the Super Bowl? Uh, it was really fun. It was really fun. How did like, that come about? Uh, Gatorade, honestly. Yeah, they were the one that, that hooked it up. They were the one that kind of said, okay, we got... We got a little sweet out there, so come join us. They, so they invited you. You don't have to ask. They're just like, hey, you want to come so, to the Super Bowl? So, that's how it works. Right. <laughs> well, I wasn't sure whether you, you know, hey, I'd like to go to the Super Bowl. Could you hook me up? Sure. So they wanted you there. Yeah, they they, they were oh. the ones that say, I was like, okay, if you have that space for me, I would definitely gladly join. You ever, you ever been to a World Series to watch? I haven't. I haven't been, been able to watch it. Would you would you do that? Like going to a Super Bowl to see it at kind of the biggest spectacle? Would you ever want to do that, or nah, just wait wanna, till you play? I want to play in a War Series. I don't want to like go watch a War Series. You didn't find Taylor Swift while you were there, did you? I mean, she was probably in the suite somewhere <laughs> out there. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the smile's so great. Uh, all right, let's talk some baseball. Let's uh, let's start with last year, and then we'll kind of get to where we are now. How how was it? What did you learn about yourself and about the game last year? I mean, I just I would say a lot. I wouldn't go like a lot into detail. But obviously, there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff that happened. Like I said the other day, like a lot of people might not see, but obviously I'm the one like kind of like experience at all. And I feel like I learned a lot. I feel like I learned a lot, even though like I was able to put up a decent season, even though like I was going through a lot of things. It just it was it was good. It was a good learning experience for me. And like I said too, it just it's gonna it's gonna serve me well for for the rest of my career. And like just to be able to like know how to prepare, know how to do like a lot of the things that maybe like held me down a little bit last year. That I feel like that's that's what's gonna like be able to separate me along the road. When you say that you were going through some things last year from the outside, we try to guess what's going on, right? Because we see you and. I'm going to use the word struggling in quotes. You were struggling for Julio for a little bit during the year, and we wondered anyway if there was some extra pressure on you, the All-Star game being here and all the kind of added responsibility that gets thrust on a star player who's got something like that at home in his backyard. Was that challenging at all? Um, I wouldn't say challenging. I feel like there was just a lot of things that came even before that, but that's just kind of part of the game. You know, I feel like you, you can say, like, pressure. You can say, oh, he was maybe trying too hard or things like that. But I just feel like there are things that could lead to that, not just a moment itself. Because if you see at my rookie year, the same situation that I was doing, doing, I come up in the, my second year, and, like, I was doing just fine. And a lot of people, I feel like, just forget that. But, you know, that's kind of how it is. If you don't you don't remember what's in the past. Even 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 me, you always trying to get better. But a lot of people forget that in, like, the same situations. I was just coming through every single time. And it got to the time that... Let's say we will start the game, it will be all right. But then once it get, we get down to the wire, then I will always come through. So I feel a lot of people forget that, but it's fine. We always gonna keep building on on that, and like it's okay. We're gonna give them new memories. But yeah, that's kind of how that's kind of how it is. How big was the baseball in August? It was the same size, but I just feel like I was able to see it a little bit better. 
<laughs> Are you sure? It uh, looked like it might have gotten bigger for a few might, weeks. It might be a little bit brighter, but I don't know about that. <laughs> what, what is that like when you get locked in like that? What does it feel like? It just feels like everything that you actually were were working on is actually paying off. And that's kind of how I see it. I feel a lot of guys, they just don't know how to explain it. But for me, it was like everything I was working on, everything that I wanted to put myself in the position for, it was it was working, you know. It was actually, I was actually getting what I wanted in like, those situations, you know. I was actually, like, putting myself in that right position to be able to perform. And I felt like that's what was happening in Agus. And that's what I'm looking forward to, to keep, keep working on and keep doing this year. You hear athletes say, I was just in the zone. A basketball shooter, right? And the hoop, yeah. and the hoop looks enormous. Or watch this guy on a golf course, oh, and, yeah. it's, and it's just like, man, there's yeah. just you know right where it's going every time you hit it. Yeah, right out of bounds. When you, when you're in that stretch as you were in August, does it feel like you're quote unquote in the zone? I want to say it again. I just feel like the things that I was preparing for yeah. were coming alive in the game. You know, the things that I was just doing behind the scenes that were coming alive in the game because it wasn't just like I was waking up and just going to the, you know, going to bad second and then just go out there and go four for four. It was sure. not like that. So it definitely felt like everything was just kind of clicking at the, at the right moment. Are those mental or physical things or, or both? I feel like it would be a little bit of both, you know. I feel like I feel like once you put yourself in a good position, I feel like everything just looks a little bit more clear. And that's what you're talking about, that the ball looks a little bit bigger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're talking to Julio Rodriguez. I wanted to ask you about some of the guys that help you get there. And I know you got a fantastic group here with the Mariners, but you also have some folks that you've been working with outside of the team for years. And I think I have the names right. Oswaldo Diaz, right, yeah. who's your hitting Over. coach. Tell me about him. And I want to ask you about Yo Murphy as well. But tell me about Diaz. I mean, Ovi, man, like – for the people that knows him, they know that he just, he's different, man. He's different. He's just somebody that he will get to the court to you. He will, like, like clean your thoughts out. He will, like, always, like, kind of not say the right thing, but even if you don't like it, he will tell it, say it to you, you know. I feel like I don't have people in my corner that will still record things, you know. I feel like I'm well used to it, like, kind of growing up that two people tell me things straight up, and I feel like he's somebody that will always be real for you. He will always be in your corner. No matter how up, no matter how down you are, and like who always go out there and show out, you know, for you, and like show up for you. And I feel like that's something that I really appreciate about him, and uh, I will never take it for granted because I feel like you get a lot of people that who try to say a nice thing to you or who say try to turn like make it feel good for you, mm-hmm. and like for him. I look at him with so much respect because he will always just tell me things straight up. He will always just try to like, obviously like get me from whatever bad situation or like struggle situation, like whatever it is that I need that I cannot figure out for myself at the moment. I feel like he's one of the, the first guys that will always be hitting me up or like will always be like, okay, like I'm here for you. And like he will let me know that I'm here for you no matter what, no matter if it's good, no matter if it's bad. It's cool. A year ago, we sat here and asked you a whole lot about handling all the attention. And to your point, everybody wanted a piece of you. And, and you know, we've chatted. I was around Peyton Manning for a couple of years, worked with him. And his circle got smaller and smaller like because everybody wants a piece of him and everybody wanted to be around him. As you navigated that last year, do you feel more comfortable? I feel a lot more comfortable now. You know, I feel like I'm definitely, like, prioritizing that my mm-hmm. time. You know, I'm definitely prioritizing, like, my own schedule and i feel like that's uh, that's one of the things i feel like i can share here that it definitely was was huge for me that i learned last year because at the end of the day not everybody really is gonna understand that you know like like i kind of been saying a little bit it's like i'm walking with these shoes and i feel like i know what it feels like to be able to have to prioritize myself yep. 
And like, while a lot of people want me, it's super formal out there, you know? So they don't understand what it feels like to actually focus on your stuff and like get ready. You it's know? time management, really, It's time right? management. Yeah. It's yeah. time management, but it's also being able to say no. Mm-hmm. As a young guy, I mean, Kyle was here yesterday, right? And he's like, man, I remember first camp, I'm saying yes to everything. I'm, I'm everywhere. I'm doing every, right? Because you just want to build that equity. And then when you get to certain levels... You think, oh, it should be easy to say no. Why can't you just say no? Like It's not that easy, especially when I feel like I'm getting more comfortable, like I said, but especially when the other person just don't see it or mm-hmm. don't understand it. In a way, you could, you could say it's a little bit disrespectful of them to not like trying to put themselves in your shoes. It's like I don't just come out here and just go to the field. I feel like there's a lot of things behind the scenes that you got to get ready for. Yeah. You got to have your training room. You got to have your weight room. You got to go to do your cage work. You got to, like, take care of a lot of little things that matter for you, matter for your game, matter for the team, matter for your teammates. So I feel like that's a lot why a lot of people don't see that happens behind the scenes. It's sad a little bit. I mean, there's it an element really. of it that's sad. And I remember when you first, when we first got to meet you a couple of years ago and you were a rookie and, you know, the smile and you're so happy and everyone's going, God, I hope that lasts because we've seen so many. sitting in the stands at the game. Right, exactly. We've just we've seen <laughs> yes. it with the athletes before where yep. at the beginning everything is easy and then unfortunately they do get, you know, everybody who wants a little piece of them and it adds up and then they have to start saying no more often and, and they can become... Hardened. The word is jaded or hardened, hardened or mm-hmm. frustrated with sort of the whole situation. And I just remember us talking, God, I'm really rooting for him because the smile is so great and he seems so happy. And it does feel a little sad that you have to say no to people along the way because I'm sure that's not who you are. No, definitely. But like at the same time, I got I to gotta prioritize what is the best for me and right. this whole group. And, like, for our whole goal that we have, because I would love to just hang out out here with every single fan, sign for all the kids, you know, like, kind of, like, encourage them to keep, like, growing, learning, and all those things. But at the same time, I got I, I got something to do here, you know, like, and that's kind of the reality of it. Even though, like, people will get a little bit mad and things like that, but I feel like eventually... My hope is that they understand why I'm doing it, you know? Did you talk to Ichiro about it? I know we asked you about this last year, and we couldn't help but notice you playing catch with him yesterday because he's the only one here who has to really understand what it's like to have that many people. And he said no to every interview request for the entirety of his career, so he's good at saying no. <laughs> Did you Do you talk to Ichiro about that stuff? I definitely talk about a lot of different things with Ichiro, honestly, about that or about baseball or about japan or about whatever like, i feel like we always talk about so many different things and there was something that like i will always say like he always told me like the view of people they can change towards you but the view of yourself would, can never change so i feel like that's why that's something that allows me to say no and like prioritize what i what i like to do and what I like to do the most, I explain this game and like be able to do it at the highest level I can. How about from a pure baseball perspective? An area of focus for you this off season? Hitting, throwing, moving, an area you really watched yourself last year and like, okay, I want to go to work on this? I mean, like a lot of people say, like, or like a lot of people know to say like that. I'm always the type of person that we always try to grow my game as a whole. You mm. know, I feel like there is always room to get better everywhere. There's this hitting throwing, like the way that I'm moving, like all those little things. I feel like I'm somebody that will always go out there and try to grow my game, man. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm somebody that's really honest with myself and the things that I need to get better. And like I said, I don't have people that wish to get caught for me, and I don't need that either. So I feel like we always focus on getting better mm-hmm. in every single aspect of my game. 
How hard is it to stay within yourself? We always hear uh, not to swing for the fences, not to try to pull everything, try to go to right center. It, it sounds so easy to say, <laughs> right? Yeah. Just go to right center, Julio. Yeah. What are you doing out there? Just hit it the other way. Yeah, yeah. come on, just go the other way. This yeah. guy's throwing 102 with a you know yeah, ridiculous a slider. Sinker, yeah, slider. just go the other way, Julio. What's your problem? How 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 do you train yourself to be able to do that? I just try to stick into your strength. I feel like that's the best way that you can do it, sticking to your strength. And, and, and what is your strength? Um, I feel like, obviously, like for everybody, stay in the middle or stay with your plan. You know, it doesn't have to be always the middle, but, like, stay with your plan and building, building like, a good plan. Like, I t like we were talking in August, I feel like I was building the right plan and, like, things were getting a little bit more clear. So, and, like, we always talk. There, is, there were all the things and whatever, but that's fine. But, uh, yeah, just kind of staying within yourself. It's the best way to do it is by staying with your plan. How important is April? How important is getting off to a, a good start for you, for this team? That's kind of the one area the last couple of years that, and the weather's hard and all that stuff. And Scott told us, hey, we talk about that. We're, we don't duck, you know, tough circumstances. But how critical will April be individually and collectively? I feel like not just April, every single month. You know, every mm -hmm. single month is going to be important for, for us. And I feel like to focus in that, it's going to be huge because, I mean, we're outside, like, one game, two game out, you know, like, it hurts in a way to be able to play for something the whole year and mm -hmm. then just kind of, like, slip through our hands. So I feel like every single month is going to be important in every single game. When the way that I view it, too, and something that I, was, that I thought about this offseason, like, time will pass, you know. doesn't matter if it's going to be 120 games, 200 games, whatever it is. Like, the days are just going to pass. So I feel like how you take advantage of those days? And I feel like that's kind of like the whole why I think a lot of us will focus on, you know, like even though if it's a long season, even though if we got time or whatever it is that we might, we might be thinking, it's just like time will pass. How you take advantage of that time? And that's what's going to really separate. Speaking of time, when we were here last year, we were talking a lot about the new clock and the new rules mm -hmm. and all how it was going to affect the game. And, and I was actually reading through some of your interviews from last year saying, hey, I'm excited about it and it's going to be quick and everything else. How, a, a year later, how much did it affect the game? What did you make of, of the clock and all the new rules in, in uh, the game last year? For me, you no. Know, at the end, I got I got used to it, but in the beginning, it was it was a little hard for me to find my routine, my rhythm into like going to the play. Even even though like people might not see that, but for a lot of us, we have our own tempo, we have our own routine, we have our like a lot of little things that kind of get us to get in, the, in that right mindset. And I feel like it was a little tough for me to get used to the club, get find my rhythm within it, and like. You could feel rushed. You could feel rushed and you could feel unprepared once you step on the play because you feel like, oh, what I used to do a year ago when I had my own time, now I cannot do it. Now I got to do a little bit faster. Now I got to be worried about what time in the clock is at and all those little things that they can definitely affect your game a little bit. It's all about time management. It's just time management. That's going to be yeah. the so theme of the day. Yeah. And it feels, um, Salk and I have said this, and more and Justin, gosh, there's a lot of new faces. <laughs> Guys are walking in and out of these doors. I'm like, is that, uh, is that <laughs> Jorge? Is that, you know, who's, who's that over there? Does it feel new to you? I, th I think, what, almost 50% of this roster, yeah. uh, when it comes to the 26-man, will be new compared to not being here last year at spring training. Does it feel new to you? I mean, it is new, but I feel like a lot of the guys I've seen them or play against them or, like, kind of saw them at some point in the... Through the years. Through the years. Mm -hmm. I feel like it is new, but at the same time, it's kind of familiar. You kind of, I feel like, in a way, you can tell what you're going to get throughout the year.
So I'm excited. I'm a little. I'm excited about it and see how everything's going to play how out. How about this new offensive coordinator? I'm excited about that. Football guys like offensive coordinators. You know, the minute that that happened with Brant Brown, is you've started to talk to him and this plan starts to go in place over the next month or so. Will we see that as fans, as viewers of the game? Like, whoa, this is a new little offensive system they got going. I think that's going to be a really huge help for us. Hmm. It's going to be a really huge help for us because uh, he's. I, I'm, I've been talking to him a little bit. You know, whenever, whenever I'm, I'm in the cage, obviously I'm, I'm being a little bit backed out because of my hand or whatever. But that's that doesn't really matter. Um, but I think he's going to be a really huge help for us. He has a really good like head on his shoulder. He has a really good like thought process for things. Mm-hmm. And he, he, I like his focus. You know, it's not about doing all the flashy things, but doing what we really need to do the most to win the ball game. Which at the end of the day, that's what is going to matter the most. And if you're able to help your team win, you're going to do every single thing you can to have that great year that you're looking for. I mean, we're not going to see you punt, though. Huh? You never know. <laughs> you never know. Back of surprise. Yeah, man. how is the hand? It's Bob? actually good. Yeah. yeah, it's actually good. And like, it was just like Scott was saying earlier, like, I just swore a lot. I swore a lot this offseason. Mm. I've kind of been ramping it up. I I used some different knobs here because my other bats were not here yet, like my mm. training bats, and that kind of like affected a little bit more, kind of like flare up. See but a different knob, as I said, on the bottom. Yeah, on the bottom, yeah. because I didn't have my training bats here, the ones that I'm used to swing. Mm. So it just kind of like flare up a little bit, but it's nothing like that I was worried about to begin with. But when we saw the doctor, and everything like he said, okay, like no, you good. It just you just need to dial back a little bit and like just let it recover because yeah, none of us were worried either. Right? Yeah, yeah no, no, nobody, no, was nobody here was. No one in Seattle was worried <laughs> at all. Everyone yeah. felt totally fine with it. Yeah, no, it was it was funny to see like you know a lot of people you kind of like yeah oh my god whatever, <laughs> but nah, I'm good. There's a lot riding on you. There's yeah. a lot you know a lot. Of, they need you. You're a huge part of this thing. I'll and that's, be there. And that's one of the reasons I'm sure Scott came to visit you in Florida this off season. We've heard a little bit about his world tour and going to the. Uh-huh. Dominican to see Luis and going to see you and talking to Cal and visiting Logan, all of it. What was that? What was that conversation like with Scott when he came to visit you? And what did it mean to you? I mean, it meant it mean, it mean a lot, you know, like just like the, for him to show the level of respect and like for what I do, for what we're doing here. And like just to feel that we have that good connection, you know, and that we were able to talk and just of, on a different setting. I, th- I think it's going to be really good for also for our relationship as a player and manager. What does dad wear when he comes and visits you? Huh? Poppy, what does he wear? What is, uh, does he? I mean, he had this his nice little stuff, so it was good. <laughs> was you good. know, I, I wear the same thing, though. <laughs> you take him out at night, or is that just a daytime only? Um, it was a, it was daytime, but he, he came and ate at my place, so. That's cool. Yeah. Really, really cool. How do you feel about the offseason and, and the direction the team is going right now? I feel good. I feel good. I feel like we're, we're, we're in a really good spot. We're in a good spot. And I think that a lot of people here in this team and with the players that we have, they know what we need to do. You know, everybody knows themselves and they know what we need to do. You've played two seasons and each of them have ended a little bit differently, right? You had the thrill of the playoffs and Cal's home run and then going to Toronto and the, you know, unfortunate, incredibly long, frustrating end to that game at home against Houston. And then last year, you know, falling just short, a game or two short of Houston and, and Texas. What did you, how did you feel in those moments, especially last year as the season was coming to an end? I mean, there is more to do. That there is more to do. That's kind of how I feel. And like I feel like that's not a secret for for anybody 
Or if it's a secret, like, I just I want to win. You know, that's just the plain and simple like that. I want to win, and I want to do whatever needs to be done to win. And it, there is more to do. That's how I felt. Mm -hmm. Okay, we had a really good year. We ended the draw, but I didn't, wanna, I didn't want to just end the draw. I wanted to win. I was in there. We were all in there, so... I feel like that's that's the only thing that I can think about. That I that there is more to do until we get to where we want again. Like every single year is being a building block for that. And yeah, a lot of people will say, "Oh, you guys fell out out of the playoff," but there is a lot of a lot of growing into losing sometimes. So I'm excited for that. Last two things for me, kind of similar, but on other ends of the spectrum. Maybe I, I see pictures of you with Kevin Durant. We talked about the Super Bowl, some of the circles you're in. Has there been a really strong, great piece of counsel or advice that someone in those shoes has given you over the years that you're like, man, I really appreciated that. Or, man, now that I'm living this and walking this life, now I see that and feel that a little more. I mean, obviously, I feel like I got to talk to a lot of different people that mm -hmm. are kind of in that level. And it's just cool to see, like, the, the drive and the kind of similarities of a lot of our thoughts and in the way that I just feel refreshing to be able to hear somebody that let's say like let's Kevin Durant that have been, have been in the league for like what 15 years yep. and it was just refreshing just to, to be have like a really good conversation with them and just kind of see that maybe the path that I'm in is not it's not so bad you know like the things <laughs> that I'm doing is not so bad so I feel like eventually I want to be able to like be at the same spot just kind of like keep passing it along for the next guy yeah pass that baton and then on the flip side when we see a Felnine Celestine, right, we see uh, Colt Emerson, we see these young, talented guys. Do they reach out to you? Do you reach out to them in a similar vein? I just feel like every time I every time I can share something with them, I will always talk, you know, because yeah. I feel like I know, I know firsthand what it feels like to be here for, like, knowing more, like, learn more, and, like, just what is, what is the next step to kind of, like, keep going forward. And... Yeah, every, every single time that I can talk to them, I always can like, try to share something with them. Felnine's pretty good, huh? <laughs> Nobody can see the face that Julio's making right now. It's the same thing people used to do about Julio, yeah. right? They just sort of chuckle and be like, yeah, you're not supposed to be able Because we've heard that. some things, right, from people that... We've heard he's pretty talented. No, he's definitely really good. I'm excited to see what he's going to do on this side, he too. He sure got yeah. the baseball build, man. He looks like a ball player. <laughs> yep, I know yeah. that. All right, Julio, last thing. This year, we got to keep you away from these little scuffles. We we got to make sure that you know you're not bear hugging people. We don't need any punches thrown. How are we going to stay away from uh, from the drama this year? I mean, I just feel like I'm not. It's not that I, I I'm I'm not a big you're drama a peace, person. You're a peacemaker. I'm a peacemaker, right. but at the same time, you know, it's just I'm with my team, and whatever comes with that, like whatever it needs to be done, we're going to do it regardless. You know? All right, let me just confess. I just totally lied. I love it. It is my uh, absolute yeah, favorite. No. I like when things yeah. get a little a you little know. intense out there. It's fun. It's good for the game. Yeah, it's not even that it's good for the game. This is my team. You know, Darn This right. is our teammates. I feel like we, we grind together every time. You know, we're here. We're fighting against, along, along each other, so... I feel like whatever needs to be done, I'm, I'm going to do it. And that's just the type of guy I am. Aside of anything, that I just rep I'm, I'm with these guys. And it. whoever is on the other side, they got to be respectful, you know. Like, if you want to beat us, beat us with the game. Don't try to do any funny stuff. I love it, man. I love that so much. <laughs> it's pretty good being Julio Rodriguez, isn't it? Yeah. It's, 
was I. <laughs> we'll let you go be Julio somewhere else. Thank you so much. Really. We appreciate you sitting down and giving us some of that valuable time. Go manage it, and uh, we'll talk to you hopefully soon. All right. Thank you, guys. There you go. There's Julio Rodriguez. What a world, man. We'll be right back to discuss Brock and Salk, Seattle Sports on 710. This, this is Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airline Studio. Back in mornings from 6 to 10. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. Well, there you go. That was Julio Rodriguez sitting down here with us for a good 25 minutes. And uh, look, that's why we come down here, right? Yep. To try to bring you an interview like that, that you just can't do over the phone. It just isn't the same. And, and you can only really do that at spring training when he does have some time and he is able. And you heard time management was essentially the theme of that entire interview. Mm-hmm. There is something that's sad about it, Brock. As, as awesome as Julio is, there is an element for me because I th- try to think about being in that position and how you are such a people person. You're so friendly. You love the game. You love doing what you do. And you know that last year, and you could kind of sense, he didn't say these exact words. I don't mean to put them in his mouth, but I kind of got the sense. And, and some of it's some, some, you know, some bias, mm-hmm. some confirmation bias. But, hey, it, it took a toll. Yep. Trying to do something for everybody last year took a toll, and he didn't have the kind of year that he wanted to have, and he did feel that some of the prep work got compromised, and he wasn't able to have the results that he wanted. And so at some point, somewhat sadly, mm-hmm. you have to pull back a little bit to get the time you need to be the player everybody wants you to be. It is, and I've watched it in my life with all sorts of different people and different players as we've done this job covering them coaches I've been around. So that ability to prioritize and that ability to say no. It's not it is not easy. Is it hard for you? I mean I, I think about and you're not at Julio's level. I don't I don't I know you're not. But when you were around Seattle, mm-hmm. everybody wants something from you. Everybody recognizes you. We've said it before. You're one of the more recognizable people just because of your odd height looks. and your hair and yes. your incredible good looks. Yeah, yes, right, your, right. Cook, odd, odd looks, your yes. cooking ability True. and all of those things really yes. make you a recognizable figure. Yeah. And I've seen you when, when mm-hmm. all of a sudden it gets to be a lot and everybody wants to stop you and talk to you. Yep. Can you imagine what that's like when you're Julio? I remember probably one of the it's a pretty decent comp because it was he had huge star power, especially down south, Tim Tebow. And we got to do a game, the Peach Bowl. And he kind of got thrown in the booth with me and Tess. And it was like, oh, my gosh, this guy cannot go anywhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was he, it was a safe haven when we got on the airport train. And he could kind of surf the train and put his hat low and like just uh, try to blend. Because was, he was like a demigod. Like, oh, I just want to, oh, i got to be around Tebow. I mean, all that Tebow mania. And you could feel like, it, you know, in the same vein, he's a good guy. I never want to say no to anybody. I didn't want to turn down an autograph. When Julio's out here, I was watching it the other day. You know, he's walking to go do his work. And it's like, Julio, Julio. You know, a gazillion people all want Julio. All the time. All the time. And, like, you don't ever want to say no to somebody because then you're like, dang, that kid or that dad or that mom's going to remember me saying no. But I got to go, as he said, I got to go get my work. And I really want you to celebrate me, not for an autograph. I want you to celebrate me for a World Series championship. And I thought that was a cool mindset. Like, you know, that's where it shifts. It's like, hey, man, I may have to say no. I may not be able to do all these things. I may not be as accommodating. But if they can't understand, right. it's disrespectful of them yeah. to not understand that I'm really here 
for you all and my teammates to win a championship. There was a lot I really liked in there, but the end was pretty awesome. <laughs> I pretty mean, good. not just him saying it's pretty good to be Julio, because obviously it is, yeah. but the stuff about, hey, man, I got to get my teammates' backs. Like, hey, you want to mess with them, you mess with me. That's right. And if you want to go do it on the field, that's fine. Try to beat us. Yeah. But don't be pulling any funny stuff, he you said. You know, as you were saying like that, that, yeah, I was thinking back to, who was it, Hector Neris? Right, where he got in there. Yeah. Oh, gosh. And he just was, there's areas in lines that you just don't cross. Yeah. And if you're going to cross them, he's going to be at the front of it, no matter how pretty his eyes are. And did you notice? I, I think we handled that better. Better than you guys year. restrained yourselves. Yes, this year, yeah. it was not overwhelming. You did Thank like you. at the before we started. You're like, do you want some sunglasses? And then Salkos wouldn't want to hide those green I eyes. I didn't say that. Brock said, said that. that. No, you'd, okay, oh, I said Brock. Yeah, Brock's first year. Yeah. No, but I did notice this year. <laughs> his cubicles were off the charts. What? Did you call them cubicles? Oh, isn't that what fingernails? Cuticles. Cuticles. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Cubicles, cubicles. Oh, there you go. Did you like, see, like he's Milton Wadhams or Salt. something? Oh my God! So, did you see his nails? Oh, did you see his? Brock, nails? I, I don't know how I'm going to focus I did not on see, this. I now noticed that his eyebrows were immaculately groomed. Yes, did, you didn't notice his nails? I didn't. Okay, it was just me then. Perfect. And like a sheen, <laughs> they have like a sheen on them. Really? Yes. And you know, pitchers have to be really careful uh, with well, maybe blisters that's, maybe and all that's from that the stuff. hand treatments. Uh, maybe. But pitchers get, have to seriously. Pit, you know that. Yeah, pitchers. Yeah, they can't soak your hands longer in a certain amount of time of water. All yes, kinds of stuff. Yes. Yeah. Unbelievable. I thought we handled the ice thing a lot better. Much I was, better. I was prepared for it because it was the same way. That hasn't changed. When you ask him a question, guess what? He looks right at you. Yes. When I ask a question, he looks right at me. Yeah. When you, you know, pinging back and forth, that will not change. And I, you keep using that word sad. I don't know if I. I mean, I get what you're saying with that, and you even mentioned it to him. I don't know if it's a sadness or if it is just, it's the maturation. Like it's, you know, I love when my kids were five years old, but then when they were 13, it's just a different, it's a different phase of life. And then when you think about it, as I'm looking at this big board up here, Salk, and I'm thinking about how Ichiro handled it, how Ken handled it, mm-hmm. they were all very different. And as Tim Heavily, Mariners PR said, remember, this guy came up at like 17. At like 20, he was crowned, you know. So he's he's been very young. He didn't I mean, have that's junior too, right? Yes, but he had senior right next to him. Right, he'd grown up in he'd the He'd grown up in the ballparks. Yeah. He had grown up around all these guys. Ichiro was a grown adult when right. he came over here. Eight years, you know, into Japan. So it's been a different journey for him. I love that he talks to Ichiro about it. I really do. Yes. I mean, I just, I am so glad that he's here. I still want to know what they pay Ichiro to come out here, or if they pay Ichiro to come or out here. Or what Ichiro pays. Or what Ichiro pays say, them. Uh, he pays admission every day. <laughs> put on a uniform do you, do you, and hang out. I don't do know how know that guys works. pay for these fantasy camps. <laughs> you can win them at an auction. It's, they get bidded up like uh, 30 grand. I don't know how all of that works, but I, I really do find myself happy for Julio that he's got a guy who not only understands, I mean, I think I would argue that for, for each is even worse with the with the amount of pressure of Correct. the entire country Correct. on him all the time. Yep. I mean, look, Julio's a superstar, yes. but he's not the only one nope. and he's not the only one from the DR. I nope. mean, he, he is one of many Yep. versus Ichiro was the one of one. Ichiro was. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, there was nothing like it. Yep. And so I am just, I find myself very relieved for him. And I'm yep. glad he's got someone like uh, an Oswaldo Diaz, yes. who will, his, old, his hitting coach, who will continue to talk to him. Gosh. And, and you could tell that means something. That's another this layer guy's not going to kiss my butt. That's right. He's going to tell me what I need to hear, not what I want to hear. That might have been my favorite. 
quite honestly. Just a little anecdote. Well, Brock, I loved that, too. Because how much do we talk about go. Russell Wilson? Exactly. I know exactly <laughs> where my mind you're going to go. Yes. we had a superstar here in town. Yes, we did. Who for a long time did not have or lost somebody who was one of the only people who would tell him, yep. you are being nuts. That's Surrounded right. by yes men. And that's, that's Russell right. Wilson. That's right. And you see it now. And when all the crazy ridiculous things he does and yes, says. Yes. There's nobody to tell him to stop. And then, you know, the Richard Shermans, it does have people tell him and he can't listen to Well, him. that's different. It takes both sides of that. He's just much smarter than them. Yeah. He can't help it. Sure, exactly. He's just significantly yes. smarter yes. than all those Yes, guys. he is. But no, that absolutely resonated with me. Yep. And I could see Mora perk up a little bit and you knew exactly where my mind was going and your mind it's was also going. also because Jay-Z just started in the background. Oh, is that what that is yeah, too? that's why we perked yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's take a really quick break here. I've got to thank Alaska Airlines. I said this is why we come down here and they made it happen they get us down here every year daily non-stops from seattle to both phoenix and to tucson get down here and be around julio and be one of those people bothering him so he doesn't have enough time uh no i'm serious come down it is yep. a gorgeous day it is weather awesome in seattle right now? i'm not paying any attention yep. to that okay. whatsoever <laughs> but i am going to come back and ask you three good football questions in blue 88 jerry depoto in 20 minutes brock and salt seattle sports on 710 This is Brock and Salk's Blue 88. Blue 88! Blue 88! We take you to the field as Brock Ewer breaks down three football questions as only he can. Now here's your hosts, Brock Ewer and Mike Salk. All right, a little Blue 88 today before Jerry DePoto joins us at 8 o'clock. And uh, yeah, what a Thursday, man. Julio Rodriguez already. If you missed any of Julio, make sure you go to the uh, podcast page today at seattlesports.com. Justin will have the whole thing up on YouTube, on the Seattle Sports YouTube page. Let me uh, start you here, Brock, with question number one. I know we spent some time in need to know talking about these evaluations the players give to the organization. And uh, the Seahawks fell a little bit from 11th in the league to 14th in an overall grade of how the players feel about the facilities and the food and the treatment and the coach and the owner and all that stuff. What did you just like? What, what did you make? Yeah, of this? I think there's a couple takeaways. I think number one, these owners listen to this and see this. This is kind of their feedback, yeah. right? I mean, it's one thing with ticket sales and you know their bottom line and all their in-house stuff, but this is like hiring a third-party consultant to come in and you know, and in, and in this case, it's the NFLPA with the players and anonymous surveys. And hey, man, tell us what's really going on. Tell me what you really feel. And I know there are a bunch of those organizations. We're in Arizona. Our sister stations here, and last year they were awful. Remember, it was like F minus, F minus, F minus, F minus, got to pay for our own food. I mean, just ridiculous stuff. And they have changed a little bit, and they weren't dead last. Um, unfortunately, Cincinnati still in a bunch of those areas. F minus, F minus. Sorry, Washington. Justin. Yep. Washington. Skyline Chili can't make an A in every category. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it was interesting, though, the Washington one. The players seemed to really understand that it wasn't the new owner's fault. Correct. And were very open-minded. Correct. Like, yeah, things are bad. Yep. They're sewage. Yep. But, like, hey, this new guy, it's not his fault. He seems like he's trying to fix yeah, it. Yeah, the one that the biggest surprise for me was not enough train like, the, the training room, because that has been such a pride and joy. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Paul Allen was at the, at the head of the, the line with a lot of that, and he wanted through technology and through science and through nutrition. I mean, that was front of the line, and he invested, and I know that personally from personal friends that are there. So the fact that there was any rub, like, oh, we don't have enough train, like, hold on a second here. 
And I would hope that the ownership would look at some of those things, and I believe they will, and go, yeah, we can do that. This isn't that hard to fix. We can do this a little bit better. So there were some areas there. It's never going to be perfect. Nobody was an A across the board. Obviously, Dallas, Minnesota, there were some strong ownership groups. I'll tell you the biggest surprise to me was the late, great John Clayton's Pittsburgh Steelers. Because when I played... And, and Husky teammates have played there and players have been through there said, man, nobody treated you better than that family. Like they took care of you. And to see where their ratings were and their ownership group at the Rooney's like, whoa, that has taken a pretty That's significant goes, though, step right? back. I mean, that these things are cyclical. And yep. when you're at the bottom and you fight to get to the top and then you get, you know, complacent for a couple of years and somebody else. Yeah. Hopefully or it's a good or new problem. family, yep. you know, comes involved with it. And, you know, it's not quite like the old family. All right. Question number two. While John and his group are at the Combine, Mike McDonald and his crew, the whole coaching staff, is at home in Renton at Seahawks headquarters, kind of working on their systems Mm -hmm. and implementing everything. If you're them and you're trying to figure out who you can really this year, who's tops on your list? Way, way up there, Salt, is Derek Hall. Yeah, I knew that's where you were Really? Yeah. Yeah, okay. He's a second-round pick who did bump last year. Even more than Woolen and... See, some of these guys have shown No, because of the position. Yeah, Derek showed you nothing last year. I mean, out of the 17 games, there were like two or three plays. We're like, ooh, okay. Like there was a stunt and he came on, and, and then he blew up an edge a couple times. But overall, there were so many. It was almost, and I hate to say this, but impact-wise, it was LJ Collier-esque, where you're just like, come on, man. Now, LJ was a first round, end of the late first round, projected by many to be a late second, third round. And there just was never the pop. Derek is different. LJ was a tweener. Not really quick and twitchy enough to be an end. Not really big enough frame to be a D tackle. Derek Hall's frame? I mean, unlock that place because that's 255 and it is a brick house and he is twitchy and there's more there. So as they're studying and putting in their systems and as much as the edge, right? Isn't that his whole deal? If it's find a way here, it's chasing edges there. Chase that edge, chase that edge, gain an edge, set an edge. Come on, Derek Hall. You were you were a high second round pick with a lot of other talent around you. They got to find a way to get a whole lot more from him. All right, question number three. There's a intriguing name at Michigan. There's a lot of intriguing Michigan players. Obviously, no, there's they, 18 of them at the combine. Right, they they won the championship. 18. And they got 18 players at the combine. And the new head coach of the Seahawks used to be the defensive coordinator there. Yep. Tell me about Chris Jenkins. Yeah, I like this guy. Um, I like his dad. Uh, his dad was mammoth. So his dad must have married a cheerleader because the son isn't quite as big. Super athletic still in, in about 280, 290. We'll see at the Combine today exactly what he measures in because those D linemen are doing that today and they're on the field running. But last year when I did Michigan games, and maybe the next time Clatt joins us, you can ask him about, hey, how many of these defensive guys? Because as much as Mike McDonald may or may not bring Ravens, you know who else he's intimately familiar with? those Wolverines and in fact he built them and Chris Jenkins yesterday at the combine was asked about the influence of Mike McDonald on that Michigan team and ultimately the national champions here's what the younger Jenkins had to say you know he was very important he was the one that instilled that defensive mindset that we had he, he kicked it off that defensive mindset that we had to swarm you know be disruptive you know be violent be effective play quick play fast and play play as a unit and that was the that was the biggest game changer that we had playing as a unit you know starting then and we embraced that identity and that's when we started to take the team more seriously buy in more seriously you know enjoy our brothers and our family that we have so shout out to him for that great coach 
Gosh, and when you think about, as I was listening to that late last night, and thinking about those Seahawks teams, Salk, 11, 12, 13, 14, even though there was the Legion of Boom, and then there was the D-line that was loud, and there's Bobby and KJ in the middle, you know what they were? A cohesive unit. When since then have you looked at that defense and said that group plays together as a unit? How many times? Oh, it's a communication issue. Oh, it's a communication issue. Oh, Bobby's here to fix communication issues. No, it's a, getting all three levels, totally buying in, playing together. Back to Julio's conversation. You may see me bunt this year, right? You may see me hit, hit the ball the other way. You may see me sacrifice to do whatever it takes to win. Those guys did it. Uh, Jenkins will be, you know, between Jenkins and Colson, a couple other edge guys. Michigan's got some guys that I would not be surprised at all. Depending on where this draft falls and, and where they go, Junior Colson, their linebacker, and he's been mocked many times to the Seahawks. You know, they were to trade down and able to get a second-round pick. That guy's a difference maker at 6'3", 250. So um, don't, even, don't just solely look at Ravens. Keep an eye on Wolverines, too. They may be making more of their way to Seattle. All right, that is today's Blue 88 as we roll on here in the desert. Uh, and uh, we do have a, a lineup for today. I'll give it to you quickly. Dylan Moore, Dominic Canzone, Mitch Garver is catching today as expected. Luke Rayley at first. Uh, Urias is DHing again because he can't play the field yet. So Dylan's yet. at third? Uh, no, Dylan's at short. Okay. You got Cade Marlowe and right. Brian Anderson is playing third ah, today. Brian Anderson. And then Samad Taylor at second. And uh, Jonathan, jo- Jonathan Clathse is in center field today. So, nice. br- yeah, Bryce Miller on the mound. Um, Jerry DePoto put this group together. We haven't talked to him in a little while, but he's going to come. He's been pretty quiet. Haven't seen a lot of him at camp. I know he was sick earlier, but he's going to come sit down with us, and we'll hear what's going on from his perspective. Next, it's Brock and Salk, Seattle Sports on 710, seattlesports.com.